All right, guys, if you have your Bibles, we're up to chapter 9 now in John. Chapter 9 in John. Now, I just kind of remind you we're in a series where we're wanting to meet Jesus. And so the last few weeks, maybe a couple months now, we were in chapter 7 and chapter 8 where the focus has been on the hostility that Jesus is facing from the people. It's, it's amazing to us when you think about that. Here's Jesus and all that he's doing and what he can do. And really, to be honest with you, they are still rejecting him. And, and we're still in that section up to chapter 12 where that is being reflected. But John's going to shift now to another thing that happens around this same time. And that's concerning a man who was born blind. And how the disciples, first of all, what we're going to see as we focus on verses 1 to 5, how do the disciples react towards that? And so they bring up a question that I think we wrestle with even to this day. Who sinned? So they see this guy going through this problem, and he's born blind. So everybody, he obviously, whatever his age is at this point, everybody there in Jerusalem knows him. And if anybody's coming, visiting periodically, they would see him, and they would know this guy has been blind from birth. And so that raises some questions for them, and it raises the big question, who sinned? Now, why is that relevant to you and I? Well, because... That's where we live as humans. So let me talk about, first of all, with you, the human condition, okay? The human condition. Here's the human condition. First thing I want you to see here is this. We want an explanation for everything. We want an explanation for everything. So, okay, so everybody understand, everybody recognize, I think everybody here has been alive long enough to realize stuff happens Problems happen. You think everything's going okay. You get in the car, you try to crank it, and the battery doesn't work. Stuff happens. That's, that's kind of minor, isn't it? Well, it may not be minor. But then there are other things that happen. Well, okay, so March of 2020, lock yourselves in your houses. There's a pandemic. We want an explanation. And we spend time focusing on that. So, okay, let's go back to the car illustration. Somebody leaves something plugged in. So we look. Did, did I have something on the charger that drained my battery? Or did I not maintain my battery sooner? Or what? I mean... We want to find it. Who's, who's the fault? Who's the blame? Because that's our next point here, is that we have to find someone to blame for our problems. Isn't that what we do? We have to find someone to blame for the problem because we can't handle it. I'll just be honest, that's the human condition. We don't like change. And we definitely don't like problems. And when something goes wrong, 
We've got to find someone to blame. And we, and, I, and we start out in our small circle and we work our way out. Looking at the people around us and then maybe it's, it's in our community or maybe it's in our nation or whatever. Well, we just are looking for, we've got to have an explanation and we've got to find somebody to blame. That's the human condition. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because that's exactly where they were in this day in Jesus' day. They're walking through Jerusalem near the temple. They see a guy born blind. And the question is, who sinned? Who's to blame? Who's to blame? Now, let me just stop for a moment. Let's bring it to us for a second. We're talking about Jesus in his day and that question and the human condition and the way we live. You would think that we, as believers, would have a better grip on it. But let me just say, we don't. Because when bad things happen among God's people, we won't say it out loud, but we'll quiet. I wonder what they did. Is God getting back at them? Well, I know they did this. Well, maybe this is retribution. Christians talk like that. You would think we would be more compassionate towards them. Or we feign compassion but yet talk about it. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? And so here, here they are, and guess what? Who sinned? That's relevant to you and I, because, okay, so here we are. We, let, let's just be honest. We're living in 2022, What's happening today is completely different than 2020 or even 2001. And you are being affected in many ways. Maybe it's sickness, maybe it's economic, maybe something is happening and, and, and something's happening in your family and you're not happy with that or there's conflict or struggle and, 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 and you're grieving because you maybe lost a loved one and... And, and, and here's what happens, that human condition. Why? Why? Why is this happening? Why? Who's to blame? That's where we live. That's where we live. This, and, and that's true for everyone here. Everyone here. So last night, you know, yesterday afternoon, my, my in-laws... Uh, wanted to celebrate my birthday and uh, we went to Luigi's and uh, so we had a wonderful meal there and uh, but I, I've been having some back problems and that chair at Luigi's just killed my back and I'm still hurting so guess what I'm asking even as I'm preaching there's this question popping in my mind why what did you do George did you sleep wrong are your insoles not right in your shoes? Why? Why? We live that way. Who's to blame? Was it Lori and the way she hugged you and she grabbed your neck the wrong way? Why? Is she to blame? 
Somebody said, yeah, she's not to blame. <laughs> I blame myself, okay? So, don't tell me who it was who said yes. You don't know my wife, okay? But in the midst of this, I'm going to tell you this, this wonderful story which takes all of chapter 9. Jesus bursts into the scene and he gives you a different perspective about God. About himself. We ask who sinned. That's not the question Jesus is asking. So let's look at it together. All right, we're going to look at verses 1 to 5. Here's what the writer John says. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Another one of those great I am statements. So let's look at this together. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to look, first of all, at the dilemma. There's a dilemma here. It's a guy born blind. Got to figure, the dilemma is because we're human. We got to have an explanation. And we got to find somebody to blame. So here's the dilemma. And then we're going to look at the perspective of Jesus. And I'm hoping that when we get to the perspective of Jesus, it will set you free. It'll set me free from our human condition. Because I'll be honest with you, that human condition and wanting to know why, 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 or who's to blame, who's to blame, who's to blame, it will kill you spiritually. It will cripple you. So let's take a look at it, okay? So the first thing I want you to notice is this. Look at verse 1. It starts off, the writer is setting the scene here. Jesus passed by, he's in Jerusalem, and saw a man who was blind from birth. All right, so here's what I want you to see. Uh, the disciples were confronted with an unexplainable problem. It's unexplainable. How, how when you have somebody who's born blind, there, there's, I mean, yes, we live in a medical age now where there might be a medical explanation about why a child is born blind, but think about them in Jesus' day. Medicine wasn't advanced to that stage. There's no explanation for that, except that this child was born blind. So they're confronted with the unexplainable. Now, that happens in our lives, doesn't it? You have stuff that happens. If you think about it, if you've been stomping around this earth for a while, if you would reflect, maybe it's not right now, but sometimes there are things that happen you just don't have an explanation for. And guess what? It just drives us nuts. Why? Because we've got to have an explanation. We've got to blame somebody. 
especially if it's a problem, we got to blame somebody. So we look to ourselves, is this because of me? Or we look to others around us, is it because of them? But sometimes there is no explanation. It's interesting, in Jesus' day, the rabbis would talk about these things. They would try to figure out who's to blame. So here's the thought of that day was, is, well, maybe the parents sinned. And they say that in this passage. Was it the parents? Maybe the parents sinned. Or the rabbis would say, the child must have sinned in the womb. Really? Like, what can you do there? Kick your mom wrong? Do you know what I'm saying? But that's what they were thinking. Why? Because they were trying to explain the unexplainable. Trying to explain the unexplainable. Here, here's the second thing. Why? Why is this? Because they believed that all suffering was a direct result of sin. You and I are there. They believed that all suffering was a direct result of sin. Bottom line. And I know how we get there. I know how we get there. We're taught that from the moment we can remember what our parents are telling us. If you do that, you'll be disciplined. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. And we still do that. I got my, my youngest now is 19 years old, and, and mom and dad are still telling them, well, you know, if you do this, this can happen. This could be a result. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, mom, whatever. Yeah, dad, you've told me that how many times before? And so we're, we're trained that way. We're trained to understand consequences, right? We're trained to understand you do something wrong, something bad happens. And maybe it doesn't happen immediately, or maybe you get away with it, but the next time, it'll happen. There's a consequence. And so we see all suffering, we see all problems as a direct result of sin. I don't, I don't think that way, George. Really? You go to the doctor, doctor tells you, I'm sorry, your blood work's showing there's a problem. What do we think? God, God, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do, Lord? Are you disciplining me? God, why, why did I, here's the other one. Why did I deserve this? God, what did I do to deserve this? They, they, they believed that all suffering was a direct result of sin. That's why. Think about the question here. Look at verse 2. Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? Really? Really? Honestly, think about that. Who sinned? What was it that was different about the parents that would cause this that it would be any different than any of the sins that we do? Then all of our children might be born blind, right? I mean, this is serious. What, what, where, where, where do we get this stuff from? Can I tell you where we get it from? A bad view of God. 
that for some reason God singled out that couple having that baby and the baby's born blind. We have a bad view of God. So it is amazing to me how Jesus responds. Now you can look at his response and see it as, boy, that's cold-hearted of him to say that. This is why God allowed that baby to be born blind? No, you need to understand what's happening here. So look with me, we're going to look at verses 3 to 5. We're going to take it one verse at a time and digest what Jesus is saying. Because here's what we're doing. Our goal is to meet Jesus. Now this, I'll be honest with you, is relevant to us. Why? Because stuff happens. And sometimes there are no explanations. And there is no one to blame. And as we're wrestling, we need to know what God is thinking. Right? We need to know about the God who loves us and who cares for us. And we need to be reinforced. And so I want you to notice what Jesus says here. Look with me in verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Oh, so Jesus comes along and he says, look, it wasn't the parents. It wasn't even him in, in, in the uterus of his mother. It, it wasn't him. It wasn't the parents. This happened so that God can be glorified. Now, what we could do is say, okay, so you've been telling me, God, you made this man suffer blindness for all those years so you could get glory? No, that's not what he's saying here. That's not what he's saying here. So what's the point? Here's what I want you to see. Jesus doesn't see the problem from the perspective of cause. So when he's looking at the guy who's blind, who's been born blind, the disciples are thinking, who sinned? Was it the parents? Was it him who sinned? Jesus comes along and says, no, that's not the question. You're asking the wrong question. I'm not interested in how he got into the problem. I'm interested in the one who can take care of the problem. Did you understand what I'm saying? He's looking at it from the perspective of God. He said, neither. It's so that God could be glorified. Why? Because he's saying here, God's going to make this man whole. And guess who gets the glory? God. He's looking at it from the perspective of God. Man, wow. Wow. That will change you if you grasp that point. What do you mean, George? Okay, so let's think about stuff that happens, okay? There's two categories of stuff that happens in our lives, okay? There is stuff that happens because it's just the consequences of our stupidity. Let's just say it the way it is. Stuff happens as a consequence because we sin, we do wrong, we make dumb mistakes, we neglect things, we do what, you know that, right? You know, I, I'm facing that right now. So, man, man, I grew up in the South. We had sweet tea before you guys had it up here. And I was used to drinking a gallon of that beautiful nectar every day. Cup and a half of sugar per gallon. Love that stuff. Now I'm going every six months and checking my A1C. 
there's a consequence. It's because of my stupidity. Do you, don't know, you know what I'm saying? So we have stuff like that that happens. Everybody can relate to that, right? But then there's a whole other category of stuff that happens. That we have no control over. That we have no explanations for. But we try to find them. We try somebody to blame. Hey, the pandemic's one of them, right? Nobody was sitting around saying, hey, bring this into our lives. I'm looking forward to this. Nobody was there. We didn't even, like, what is this? Because somebody gets sick and then we know people who have died and whatever. You know what I mean? The, the, the reality is, is this stuff happens. And so there we are. We're in the midst of it. But here comes Jesus. He comes along and says, you're asking the wrong question. You're, you're, you're falling back on your humanness. You want an explanation. You want to find someone to blame. Look to God. Look to God. That's what he's saying here. Look to God. He goes on and he says, Jesus, he views the problem from the perspective of God. He doesn't view it from cause. He views it from what God can do. He sees this blind man. He doesn't see this blind man and says, oh, well, what's the issue there? No, no, he sees this blind man and he thinks, God can heal. God can give him sight. God can make him whole. God sees it from the perspective of God. Okay, so let's stop for a moment, okay? Let's just remind ourselves. Sometimes you and I have to get a greater vision of who Jesus is and the love he has for us. I want you to listen to me. So there you are. Here I am. There we are. We're not perfect. And if you think you are, you need help. Seriously, because you're not. You're not perfect. And in your imperfectness, you do wrong stuff. You sin, and stuff happens in your life as a direct result of it, and sometimes stuff happens in your life that has nothing to do with you. It just happens. And so when you're sitting there and you're like, Oh, God, God, I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. I did You and I need to have a greater vision of God. But the one who died on Calvary for you hurts with you. And you need to look to him to bring you through the issue. Now, sometimes he takes the problem away, sometimes he doesn't. But either way, he's there with you. And he's what? He's giving you wisdom, he's giving you grace, he's giving you strength. And he always gives you love. That's where we need to be. Looking to him. He sees it from the perspective of God. Now, here's what Jesus says. So you get on. He's going to explain himself. As he's, he's telling him it's not from that perspective. It's from God's perspective. He's going to talk about himself. Why he's doing what he's doing. Look at verse 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. 
As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So here's what he's doing. He's saying, this guy, it's not because of somebody else. It's not because of him. God can do anything so that he is glorified. And then he says, here's why I'm here. Here's why I'm here. And here it is. As long as it is day, Jesus will do the works of the Father. You could take that one to the bank. What do you mean, George? Jesus isn't here now. He is, yes, through the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. You are his children. He will continue to work in your life. He will continue to be there for you. He will bring you through whatever it is that you're going through. He will never leave you nor forsake you. As long as it is day, he is working. So you can hang on to that. You say, man, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. I don't, I don't know why it's happening. Yeah, but he's with you. I want you to think for a moment. I want you to think for a moment. Some of our prayers are meaningless. And I say them sometimes, but they're meaningless prayers. What do you mean? God, would you give me grace? That's a meaningless prayer. What do you mean it's a meaningless prayer? He said he would give you grace. And the emphasis of the scripture is he gives you grace upon grace. It's like the waves on the, on the beach that keep coming. There's no end to them. He said he would always love you. He said he would never forsake you. He said he would what? Give you wisdom if you ask for it. He said he would what? Give you strength. He said that the work that he has begun in you, will he will what? Complete it until the day. He's going to keep working. As long as it is day, he's working. He's working on you and I. Yes, you're going through it. Yes, there's no explanation. But turn your eyes off the problem and look to the one who takes care of problems. That's what Jesus is trying to get us to see. Why? Because look at that last statement he makes. Verse 5. I am the light of the world. What, what does that mean here? Look, look, Jesus is the light of the world. What does that mean? Here's what it is, folks. From the perspective of John, we live in the world of darkness. Oh, you know, I understand that darkness thing, George. That's Satanism. And, you know, I live in Curwinsville, and you might say it's kind of shady here, but it isn't dark like that. First of all, it isn't shady here. Second of all, that's not the kind of darkness he's talking about. He's talking about darkness, meaning the rejection of God. So we live in a world where people reject God. Everybody agree with that? Yes. But in the midst of that world, with no hope, no anything, there's Jesus working. And guess what? He's the light. He's the light in the midst of our darkness around us. That's who he is. That's what he wants us to understand. 
That's what he wants us to embrace. Okay, so George, what do we do with this? All right. Some of you are going through something right now. I don't know what it is. But you're going through something and it's, it's incapacitating you because, I mean, you're up at night trying to figure out why this is happening. And, and, and you've got it in your mind. You maybe even got a list of people who might be the reason why it's happening. Because you've thought it through and it comes down to two or three people. One, I know who it is. And that's where you're living. But some of you aren't in that place. You wish you knew who the one was because you don't have any explanation for it. And it is eating you alive. It robs you of your sleep. You can't function throughout the day without thinking about it. You are consumed because of the human condition where you've got to have an explanation and you've got to find someone to blame. And that's not a good place. What I need you to do is turn your eyes to the light of the world. Quit living in the darkness. Look to the light and see it from his perspective. Yes, the problem is real. I'm not diminishing that. Yes, maybe somebody did you wrong. I am not diminishing that. But he died for you to give you a new life, to come out of that and to look to him. Live in the light. Look at it from the perspective of God. And he'll carry you through it. He'll carry you through it. We say, okay, George, I do that, but I'm still going to, I mean, that there's still the ramification. Yes, you understand, but then you realize when you go over to Revelation chapter 21, and he says, he'll wipe away every tear. What are the tears? The pain we experienced here and he wipes them away and says, it's going to be okay now. Look to him. Look to him. Let's pray.